The Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gap number 36 for January 23rd, 2006. Greetings, folks, and welcome to the Mac Observer's Mac Geek Gab. I'm Dave Hamilton, and you... Oh, my God. How much caffeine did you have tonight? Oh, i actually been drinking <laughs> caffeine all day. You just got all that pent-up energy. I do. Wow, outstanding. Yeah, so uh, it was good to hear the band back. The we, band's uh, back. We kind of missed them when we were at Macworld. Boy, I got to tell you, folks, you we exhausted. I, you don't mind if I step all over you and introduce you first, though, do you? Uh, oh, yeah. You're, you're John Braun. From the Mac yeah, Observer. I can, you know, people know that. But if they don't, yeah. John yeah. Brown, Mac Observer, Dave Hamilton. Mac and Observer. hey, boy, we, we, we were just exhausted, folks. You may have noticed we uh, you know, went away for a week, but we did th- not one, not two. But three. Um, we did three podcasts from Macworld, and boy, it was a blast. That's right. Best show ever, I, I got to say. I had a lot of fun. You had a lot of fun. We, we, we were speaking. We did were we have fun? Live podcast. I guess we had fun. Uh, I'm still it's, recovering. It's work that is fun. I think. It is work that is fun. That's right. That's right. Yeah, much better than a real job. But you were a madman. I mean, you were all over the place. You did a podcast symposium and uh, yeah, and all that stuff. And that was a lot of fun. Um, it was at, great at that event there. So, uh, so yeah, we had a great time. We our our coverage, I think, was uh, oh my gosh, how many articles do we? Almost a hundred. Is that right? Hundred hundred macro it. it was like ninety one or something. I did I think seven photo galleries, a whole pile of articles. So uh That's great. So we hope you all enjoyed the coverage. We uh you know, we want to serve you, the readers in this case. <laughs> that's right. Well they're the, the listeners site. who are also readers, right? I mean that's that's yes. what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh and we got a lot of people saying, Hey, love the coverage and uh love the live podcast. Um yeah, that was yeah. pretty cool. You know, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about this. We, we did the, the live podcast, what was it, a week ago, Tuesday, from, uh, from the show floor. And going mm-hmm. into that, I, I just assumed there wouldn't really be anybody that would sit through the whole thing, right? I, I mean, I, I just sort of figured. Me too. Yeah, I figured it'd, it'd just be John and I there. We'd be doing our thing. And, and occasionally somebody would walk by and poke their head in, and we'd have to, like, beat on them to get them to talk to us so we could give them a prize. You know, and that's why I went and got those prizes to attract mm-hmm. people. But man, I mean, it was you know standing room only. It was great. I don't remember everyone's name, of course. Michael Johnston, the uh, the computer nap, our 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 friendly uh, AAC converter friend was there, and David Lawrence was there, another listener, regular listener. And beyond that, I don't believe I know anyone's name. Uh, so yeah. I'm just gonna stop. Sorry, sorry about that. <clears throat> sorry about that. I also, uh, while we're while we're saying sorry about that, I wanted to say sorry to Ezra. Uh, for not uh, being able to catch up with you on Friday. Ezra's another one of uh, you listener folk, and he has actually helped us out a lot uh, in the audio department, and also um, he, he made our uh, a promo for us that we actually wound up uh, using and getting, uh, I think it was run on, uh, what, Curry's uh, daily source code there. So mm-hmm. so there you go. Um, I think the show was very successful. I, I was joking with you about this. Uh, you no, you that, weren't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you didn't think it was funny, but <laughs> now, uh, unlike my normal calm demeanor during during the show, which, uh, by the way, yes, I could talk like this, like Dave, all the time, but that's just not me. Wow, <laughs> that sounded pretty good, though. Yeah, but I I can't maintain that level. No, you can. But um, but on the show floor, as D- as Dave knows, I'm I'm a madman. I mean, I just pump out the articles, I take the pictures and stuff like that, and so I'm cruising on the floor, and and to me, one of the signs that the show is successful 
is the urge that I have to just like part the sea and move people out of the way because I got to get somewhere. You mean they don't automatically do that for you? Not yet. I mean, some, uh, okay. <laughs> some people saw the Mac Observer shirt. Couple, no, couple, a couple of years and, and they'll do that for you. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, even and I was talking to people even Friday, Dave, four o'clock. I know when the sh- when I don't think a lot of people knew the place was packed. That the level did not drop off. All the vendors I spoke to said we we can't believe it. Now maybe it's because it's the one event a year now yeah. instead of the two events. The yeah. East Coast is pretty much history. Well, our our podcast symposium we had that panel that ran almost until five o'clock on Friday. Or something. So really, yeah. So you- uh, I, I got a bunch of emails from people actually asking me how I'm doing, and I, I, again, it, it's it's humbling to 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 know that you all care. Um, yes, I still have the Bell's palsy. Uh, it's much better than it was, as I'm sure you can hear. I'm probably at about what, maybe even eight. We'll call it eighty percent now. Um, the only thing that's not really working at all is my lower lip on the right side, but uh, otherwise everything works. It's just not. 100%. So, thank you. Mm-hmm. <sighs> All right. So well, we have, we well, have a, yeah, no, we have a, keep gabbing. We have a ton to go through. We, we're going to, we're going to basically do this show with audio comments and uh, maybe some things from listener feedback. Uh, and then a couple of rants thrown in if we don't burn up all our time, which I'm sure we already mm-hmm. have. So, uh, that's it. Good night. <laughs> thank you very much. Oh, wait. <laughs> it does feel so, good to be we... back in the, uh, the normal setup. So, yes. Yes. It's good to be home, even though I have a slight cold. You may hear my voice is kind of weird, and I may be making odd noises <clears throat> like that, yeah. odder than usual. But uh, yeah. yeah, I got a little cold. I think part of it is just being packed on a plane with all these other people, and and the workplace is full of, of did, people who are ill. Did Did we run through uh, Randy's single storage iPod, i iPhoto iTunes comment last time? Do you remember that? I, I don't. I don't think we did. Believe so, but it's been so many shows ago. I, All right, well, we're going to address it again, and if it's a repeat, well, I don't think it is. So, there you go. Hey guys, uh, Randy, I am uh, in the uh, process of trying to figure out how to put together a single storage location for my massive iPhoto and iTunes libraries. It's just not feasible to keep them. Uh, separate machines, and one machine um, dedicated to that would probably be the best use of space. And I'd like it to be an external FireWire drive or just an external hard drive, but I can't seem to figure out the details of how to get iTunes and iPhoto from different machines to use a shared library. Uh, I'm familiar somewhat with the uh, sharing feature that iTunes has, um, but I guess I haven't been successful in trying to get it to actually uh, share between machines when it's residing on, on one computer. Um, so I was hoping you could uh, give some pointers on that or maybe use it as a topic of discussion. Great show. Thanks. Have a great day. Happy New Year. Thank you, Randy. Uh, you want to take this one, John, or, or, or should I run with it? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll toss out a few thoughts, but I think you probably thought about this more than I did. But uh, well, I I do it here. So, but but go ahead. Okay, because basically what I've seen is that you know you're uh, so he was saying iTunes and iPhoto. That's right. Now the very basic thing I know is that if you look in your music folder, you have an iTunes folder, and if you look in your pictures folder, you have an iPhoto library. Yeah, but you so don't want to share a stab it that way. here. 
Go ahead. Okay, uh, and I was going to take a stab that if you alias those, uh, n- yeah, I may, may not have understood his question fully. Well, no, so you wa- did. Okay, so he wants to access uh, from one machine, access things that are spread about, and uh, right. one stab I could take at it, though I think it may not work, would be to, you know, create an alias or a shortcut to uh, to wherever the heck they are and make sure the machines are networked. I don't know how well that would work. I never tried it, but instinctually, I think you may have a certain degree of success, and now you can. Uh, Correct me or clarify on uh, on how you do that, since you actually do it and I don't. I, I will clarify. You're you're absolutely right. That would work as long as you were 100% diligent about never having iPhoto or iTunes open on more than one machine at a time. Okay. Because uh, in addition to having the folder where the library is, it's also got the uh, there, there's an XML file is actually what it what it turns out to be. I believe it's an XML for both, but it doesn't matter. It's a, a, a an index file and that file cannot be opened by more than one computer at a time so if you've got mm-hmm. iTunes open from two machines who knows what's going to happen it's it's a uh, it not a pretty site so uh, what you want to do the, the best solution and and it's not perfect but the best solution is to use uh, the sharing that that Randy talked about right where you you go into uh, for, uh, for iTunes for example and uh, and you go to the preferences, or you go to the iTunes menu, you go to preferences, and you go to sharing. And the second checkbox down, at least in the current version, is share my music. And you can either choose to share the entire library or just share certain playlists. And you can even put a password on it, which isn't a bad idea. You can have all the ho- the Macs in your house remember the password. But at least that way, uh, it's not just all, always sharing in case you wind up going somewhere with your Mac if you've got an unaportable or whatever. The The downside, of course, to that is that you can't add songs to the library from more than one computer. Um, that's the that's the downside. And obviously, with iTunes, you can't copy songs via iTunes from one computer to the other. You'd have to do John sharing thing. But it does work. We use it here in the house, um, between the house and the office, actually, because uh, we're all kind of it's all together, sort of. We've got mm-hmm. e- Ethernet that runs between the house and the office. So uh, and it works fine iPhoto lets you do the same thing, very similar fashion. But the cool part about it, because the RIAA isn't involved, is that you can actually, if I fire up iPhoto and I want to copy a, a picture from my wife's iPhoto library to one of mine, I can just copy it. I just grab it and drag it uh, into my library and across it goes. So there's the, the, that, uh, but that, that's the only way to do it, is uh, using the sharing feature. Or at least that's the only way to do it without causing great or bringing great risk upon yourself of, of corrupting your various libraries. So, mm-hmm. uh-huh. I think we did cover this in, in some detail. Maybe we didn't get it right the first time, but maybe not. Anyways. Okay. That's a good one. All right. You want to do another one? I guess, I guess that's why we're here, isn't it? Uh, I don't know why we're here. <laughs> what's that? Oh, you know what? I, I don't know. I, uh, th- there's this next comment and actually we talked about doing this comment uh, a couple of weeks ago, but, I couldn't find it, and and this actually it's it's weird how this all relates together. Uh, what I do is I, I do the podcast from my dual G four machine that's here in the office that's going to move up to the studio, which we can talk about in a little bit. But uh, all the audio comments come into my email, so I have them on my PowerBook, and I actually share my PowerBook's i iTunes library with this machine, and I play all of the comments across the the network, and it's fine, no problem. Well. I knew I'd queued this comment up, but a couple weeks ago I went to play it and couldn't. Today I went and looked, and sure enough it was there, and I walked across and looked at this machine. It wasn't here, and it was a movie 
file. Somebody had sent it in, uh, David, who had uh, sent this comment in, had sent it in as a movie. But apparently it was encoded in such a way that it couldn't be shared. So I figured, well, let me see if I can convert it to MP3. I highlighted the movie and I went up to the advanced menu. And instead of saying convert to MP3, it actually said convert selection for iPod. Yeah. Now iTunes, and I, I don't know what version this, this appeared in. I'm running the latest version of iTunes on, on both of my machines here, um, which is iTunes 6.0.2, uh, complete with the music library at the bottom, um, or the music store, rather. But, uh, and the it, mini I saw, store? The mini store, yeah. So I did the... Oh, we'll talk about that. Yeah. I did the conversion, right, for the, uh, for the, for the uh, iPod, and then it appeared. Now, it's still a movie. That's the interesting part. But it converted it to a, uh, a, a an MP4 or whatever it is, right? It's a QuickTime. Yeah, I guess it's it's not telling me on this machine because. So did he record it in iMovie? Maybe I don't know what he recorded it in. But any movie that you have in iTunes, if it's not already playable on an iPod, and then and there's only certain movie formats that are playable on an iPod, iTunes right. will actually do the conversion internally. You do not have to export to QuickTime and do it. And I tried it with a couple other things, and it worked great. And then, and now it'll export to a video iPod. So, uh, so with with that said, here comes his question. Hi guys, it's David from Adelaide in South Australia here. Um, firstly, love the show. I've been uh, listening since the very first podcast. Um, I switched to the Mac about a month ago um, for, and bought my first PowerBook. Um, one thing that's uh, I'm finding a little bit interesting is uh, on the console menu, when I first log in, I've got menu meters installed, but I can see another application that starts um, around the same time as menu meters called Menu Cracker. Um, it's an interesting title, but down at the bottom after menu meters is loaded, I can see another log entry that says config D um, open square brackets 33 close square brackets, and then it gives a set keychain found generic password error. Um, I was just wondering, uh, is, is this a good thing? Is, does it happen to everyone else's machine, or is this menu cracker thing trying to act like a bit of a Trojan horse? Hopefully you can um, give me a bit of a hand. It's a little bit worrying. All right. Do you know the answer to this, John? Um, as to what menu cracker is? Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked it up. I think I found it on either it was version tracker or Mac update, but there, there's some functionality, I think, up in the uh, menu bar that was lost in um, that that I think things under 10.0 or 10.1 supported, and then yep. trying to develop applications to put cool little things up in the menu bar was broken. So this is something an open source thing, I believe, that people will will bring into their application that lets you do that again. If that's I recall exact, correctly, that, that's exactly what I found. Yep. So and, the name is and menu uh, meters yeah, so does no, it. it's not cracking yeah. your computer. Um, now menu. Yeah, meters that's what I came it. up with. Yep. Because I saw that and I'm like, "Ooh, that's not a good name." But it, but it's all it always happens and it always happens before menu meters, so it's right. it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I, you know, I found exactly cool. the same thing. Now, as far as the, I, I did some searching uh, for the the error message that he's getting about the keychain with no password. Now, of course, it's config D. Was it he meant? Yeah, it was weird that config D would pick that up, at least to me. But I'm sure someone out there will say, "No, Dave, it's not weird. You're an idiot." In which case, you're right. Um, <laughs> not you. <laughs> you say that for after the show. Okay. Uh, but uh, there, there is the uh, the keychain utility, and of course, keychain first aid that can be run. 
from uh, from OS 10. So if there is something wrong with your keychain, that's that's a good place to start. I I live in that little program, especially now with Tiger that they added uh, spotlight or or search capabilities to it. I I love that little keychain utility program. So that's mm-hmm. uh, that's 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 my two cents on that. Yeah, no, if you're curious. Were you, did you just um, crack a whip? Now? Did you just crack a whip in the background, or did, did I hear something mm, on my not own? Yeah. <laughs> Save that um, for later. But actually, a tip for folks is that if you do, if you do see, you know, especially things with a D, is a system daemon, demon, yeah, demon. whatever you want to call it, which yeah. is typically a system background process. If if you want to know what it does, and you see it in the console, which we went into great detail about all the wonderful things that you can see in the console, um, what your Mac is doing behind your back. If you go to the terminal and you type man space and the name of the thing, like here, type man space config D. It'll give you a whole wonderful um, Unix manual page. And for example, this comes up and says config D, system configuration daemon. Then it gives you uh, incredibly geeky stuff um, about all the, the command line switches. And it gives you a pretty, pretty, uh, you know, uh, uh, verbose description of what it does. And I'm not going to read the thing to you. But uh, if, if you're won't wondering you, what won't a lot you read of these to me, things. John? No. Nah. No. Uh, maybe before bedtime. Okay. <laughs> But uh, but but if you're wondering what a lot of those things that show up in the console application do, if you go into terminal and type man for manual page space and then the name of it, if it is a Unix command, it'll come up and uh, give give you a clue as to what it does. Then there so you I go. So toss that in there. Yeah, we love the man page, <sighs> which is man. different from the man show, right? I hope. <laughs> yeah. Still do that. What's it used that? to be funny, and then one of the guys left. Uh, oh, is that right? I never really watched it. Yeah, it, it yeah. was pretty pretty crude guy here. Is that right? You know, beer and women and hey, uh, uh, all that stuff. I I have uh, hmm. a a hint that thing that's been bothering me occasionally, and my guess is it bothers all of us occasionally uh, if we do anything with audio on our Macs, and that is occasionally I will notice that my iChat uh, sounds stop working. Right, system beeps work, but iChat mm-hmm. stops. If I do a video chat in iChat, it works fine. But the you know the actual little bings and stuff that happen when when someone IMs me and pesters me and all that, uh, th- those go away. And as it turns out, something. But what happens is the Mac usually runs, and of course I I have my notes in front of me and and chop this off, so I'm doing this from memory. But the Mac usually runs at what 44.1 kilohertz mm-hmm. audio, audio sample, right? right? And if something changes that, the Mac can go as high as 96, a lot of programs mm. can't address it. So uh, the way to change it is to go into, uh, is it in the sound control panel? Is that where we, uh, is that where we can change it? See, this is why it's, it's nice to yeah, have Yeah, I think there's, notes. well, there's sound output, maybe sound output. No, that's not sound output. Uh, really? You got to go to audio MIDI oh, setup. MIDI. Audio MIDI setup, which is uh, in the utilities folder, I believe. Audio. Oh, okay, I've been there before. Audio MIDI setup. setup. Things like Soundflower and stuff, right? Yeah, and in, that in here you can change the audio output and change it to uh, forty-four point or forty-four thousand one hundred hertz, and that will uh, that will get you back in in business, or so they tell me. But uh, it's actually worked for me, so. Well, there it is. Audio MIDI setup. Look at that. Yep. But I'm not a MIDI type of guy. But I do see here, yes, it has the uh, the source, format, all that great stuff. Uh, I was, hey, I was worried. I, I, you know, we use Audio Hijack Pro to do this. And, of course, opening Audio MIDI setup while we're doing the show 
is yeah, probably yeah. about the, the the most dangerous thing I could have ever done. So thankfully, it looks mm-hmm. like we uh, made it out unscathed. But but there is a Mac OS mm-hmm. 10 hints article all about this, <clears throat> and I will uh, I will put that in the show notes. So, uh, what else do we have here? Can hmm. can I rant a little bit about QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Yeah, I don't I don't really use it, but I think you do for the business stuff, right? I do. And this is something that everyone Rant brother. Everyone that's using the latest version of QuickBooks, which I guess they're calling 2006, I should know this, right? Uh before I start my rant, so we'll go to uh quickbooks.com because they're smart. I can rant. Uh so wait a minute, we've got uh products. Hang on. Hang on. QuickBooks Pro for Mac version 2006 i was right okay so quickbooks on the mac does not support networking meaning you can't have quickbooks opened on two computers at the same time which is fine they 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 tell you this and it's always been this way and there's a couple of situations where that might be helpful of course but you can't do it and such is life no problem right well the latest version the same way i talked to them they sent me a review copy and and we actually use quickbooks here at tmo and, and a couple other businesses that uh that i'm involved with uh, Backbeat Media and Deals on the Web and my little Dave the Nerd business. And so run lots of QuickBooks stuff. One day, Lisa had QuickBooks open on her machine and, and was in one of the files. And I opened it on my machine to just take a look. And it opened. And all of a sudden, I looked across the room. I said, wait, are you in the TMO QuickBooks file? And she said, yeah. And I said, wait a minute. So am I. And I could see the last transaction she put in. Yeah, very dangerous, right? So... I, I, I emailed the, my contacted into it and said, what's going on here? And they said, oh, uh, yeah, it doesn't support that. Uh, you need to read the, uh, the file that comes with the updater that tells you, uh, warns you about this network stuff. I was like, well, okay. So I had done the update automatically inside QuickBooks. It now does this auto updates thing. So I'd never seen this file, but I went out and searched it out and found it and read it. And the file says the following two things. One is that... Uh, you should not use QuickBooks from it, because because of a problem with OS 10 and the way QuickBooks can and can't lock files. You should not run QuickBooks from the computer that you have the data stored on if you're going to do network access. So they then suggest that you get a, set up a, a a third Mac, right? Presumably uh, that that will house only the data, and then you'll run QuickBooks from the other two Macs, and then it can lock them, lock the data, and you won't have this problem. And I said, so, you know, and I told the folks that Intuit this, and and I'm going to tell you this. So you got to know, if you're running QuickBooks on the computer that has the data file and someone else tries to come in, they can, and they can screw up the data, right? Potentially, the the data could become corrupted. We we haven't had that problem here, thank goodness. Nice. Yeah. Nice. But, but, you know, I mean, it's, it's like, first of all, telling people to use a second Mac or a third Mac... The whole point of file sharing is to not have a dedicated server machine, right? I mean, OS X's file sharing works great. Why would you, you know, QuickBooks is built for small offices. How many small offices are going to just say, oh, yeah, just go pick up another Mac. Go, you know, use Jim's Mac, mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I, I, it's a, this is a warning to any of you that are using QuickBooks or planning on it. It's great software. I continue to use it, but you got to be really careful. Now, they say they're working on this, but uh, to me, that, that's totally unacceptable and, uh, and, I, and, 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 and dangerous. So consider this yeah, a, public, you know, one would almost, a public service rant. 
Yeah, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, they maybe take a couple of computer science courses because, you know, there's there's things like lock files and yeah. dual-faced commit and, yeah. you know, lots of fancy pants computer science stuff where this is, come on, guys, this is known stuff. It, it is You're known. You're going to design the system so that there can be, first off, if, if the access is not allowed, then you don't allow it. That's right. There's a way to cut. There's a way. I mean, however you do it, I'm not going to go into detail. I'm a computer science guy, but you know, get your guys to look at this. I mean, you may have dug yourself in a hole by you know writing the software in you know a single user fashion and then wanting to to network and stuff like that. But but I'm with you, brother. Yeah. I mean that that's just inexcusable. I mean, it, you know, and to me the assumption is with any software, if it allows you to do something, it's okay. You got it. To say read the readme to to know what because you know how many people read the instructions. No. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. Why, why? It worked. Why would I read the instructions? I, you know, I read the instructions when I have a problem. So, and then the oh, other the other thing is terrible. Go, go, man. We used you know previous versions of QuickBooks. I think we were on two thousand four. At some point along the line, they changed the data file format, which is fine. Except now, if I need to run a report, used I used to be able to run reports over the network, no problem. Now the only mm -hmm. it it takes. I was running uh, 1099 reports, right, for, for all the TMO writers, right? Because you you got to get your 1099, John. And You pay them? Oh. Um, oh. The, well, no. no. This is for another business, rather. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so it took, if I was running them across the network from my machine, it literally took 10 minutes for the report to come up, whereas it came up almost instantaneously uh -huh. on the local machine. So not uh -huh. only did they screw it up, to the to the point where you can't you know where you you got this file locking issue, but they also they're telling you not to run it from the local drive when that's the only place you can possibly run it from if you want to do any sort of reporting. So, and I told them this too, mm. and it didn't used yeah. to be that way. So anyway, I'll I'll, get, I'll step down off the soapbox now. Yeah, now it could be something annoying and, that Apple did. I don't know. No, I, same version of OS ten. Same version okay. of OS ten. No problem. All right. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, who knows? Okay, that's uh, that's that's. You got the rant for, uh, yeah, yeah. That that uh, one rant's enough. I think so. Yeah, I was going to rant about something else, but it just pales in comparison. What <laughs> is life threatening? But life threatening. Should we should we go with another question? Uh, I think we should. Okay, we'll go with uh, audio or uh, you want to do uh, Doug from Connecticut. Or uh, or the let's see here, Doug about uh. You want, let's do uh, let's do Doug from Connecticut, we, and then we can go do another. Hey guys, this is Doug from Connecticut. There he second is, second time caller. Uh, just listening to your latest podcast, and you guys sound kind of beat after attending the Mac World <laughs> uh, over yes. there in California. I'm just curious. Uh, I have one question for you. I know you guys are probably to talk about like uh, listener feedback next time. How are all develop developers uh, dealing with the fat binaries? Like um, you guys are all about Skype, and if you go out and Order your trusty new Intel iBooks or I'm sorry, Power whatever. <laughs> um, MacBook Pro. Is it going to work? Is Skype going to work? Is it going to run natively? Is it going to run under emulation, which might cause all kinds of fun things to happen? I'm just curious, like developers like that, are they going to jump on board quickly? Because I know you know Apple has a list of Microsoft and on Microsoft who are going to make their new binaries. I'm just curious what you guys think. Um, great show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Doug. You want to take this, John? And he's in Connecticut. That's cool. Yeah. Um, what do the developers think? You know, I'm actually going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say I would have preferred that Apple did not release their Intel machines. Yeah. 
because my understanding is the guidance they gave the developers at the last Worldwide Developers Conference, which is typically in the summer, was, yep. all right, guys, in a year, we'd like you to be ready. That's I believe right. that was what was said at the time. Yeah, well, so they, they sort of led everyone to believe. They said first half 2006, which everyone, of course, assumed meant you know June 30th. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, um, so the problem right now is that, you know, although some jumped on the bandwagon right away, the tools were available, you yep. could get the uh, developer kit and all that stuff there, and some, you know, really took it seriously and I think, you know, assumed that they should, or just, just thought, That's let's right. get it done yeah. sooner than later. I think uh, based on some of the folks that I talked to on the show floor, a lot of people were not prepared for the machines to come out this early. No, they weren't. So, consequently, you're going to have some developers, uh, you know, the big ones and the little ones, that do not have their apps ready and will not have them ready, I think, until uh, I think a lot of their planning went around, you know, June, July. Yep. So, now, um, from what I've heard, though, a lot of the, um, you know, you do have, so, so you do have a few things on the Intel Macs. So, one is they have this Rosetta thing. Right. Which is the emulation. So, it'll run the PowerPC code, it'll translate it to the Intel code, and depending on what you're doing, I think it even supports AltaVec, which is the... That's uh, right. You know, Velocity Engine. Yep. Which, uh, and I believe it by. supports multiprocessor, too, from what I understand. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's, so it's, it's a threading thing. It's, it's, it's at that level. So Yeah, so, so the thing is, um, right now, um, and, and the reports I've seen are mixed based on, you know, what the application does and stuff like that. But a lot of the things, like I believe the Adobe Creative Suite right. um, is not a universal binary and a lot of things are not. Now, the one thing that, that's a definite no-go is classic. Right. Yeah, I heard that. That's right. Your, your classic apps will, you know, they're, they're cutting the cord here. That's it. No more classic stuff. Uh, probably the only thing I run in classic that I love to death and I'll have to go away from is easy envelopes. It's, it was like, written oh, like 82 yeah. or, or, I'm sorry, 92 or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's just still a very good envelope printing application. Sure I is. have a lot of addresses yep. in there. Um so classic stuff is out. The other things, um, now, you may be asking, how can you tell if your application is a universal binary or PowerPC? The, um, the get info box will tell you. The get info box will tell you, and there's also another one. So uh, both Dave and I are right. Go, what's the other if one? You, um, well, if you do go to the system profiler, Okay, and there's yeah. the software category, and you click on applications. It will list all of the applications on your computer, and there is a column that says kind. Oh, that's awesome. And it will either say PowerPC or universal, uh. or now I'm seeing another category here, native, parentheses, preferred, or classic, which I think is a carbon app. Car that would make sense. Okay, yeah. So I think that would run also, so unless it says yeah, only carbon classic. should run. Yes, and right. actually a lot of things. Oh my, look here! Like I'm just not to beat on HP, but I'm looking here, and this was one of the things that was brought up: device drivers. I was yeah, yeah. Like I'm looking right here, and I see HP LaserJet Utility Classic. Yeah, HP. Oh, actually, these are utilities, but there are some things listed here that say classic. Those are not going to run no. on the new machines, and and I've also heard uh, about a lot of device drivers, so a lot of hardware. Yeah. Um, you're going to, so I would say, hold off. We make it a nasty call from <laughs> Well, no, from people I, at I, Apple. I was going to say, been, you know, I, I ordered a MacBook Pro within about uh, 10 minutes of the keynote ending, right? Okay, and, so I'll get the nasty call. Yeah, well, no, I, I, and I've, I've, I've been having second thoughts ever since 
but the reason I did it, and I've always preached, right, that, that you know, never buy Rev 1 of something new, especially something this new. Um, and what did you do? What's that? And what did you do? I went and did it. But, you know, the funny thing is I, I had a, uh, a, a Power Mac 6100 6, 6, uh, delivered to my office the day that uh, the day that you could get those initially, too. Um, and that was sort of the same thing, right? I mean, a similar situation when we moved from 68K to PowerPC. But I, it was not a, not, a, not a painless process. The problem is I use a PowerBook as my main machine, and the PowerBook really hasn't seen a speed bump in like three years. I mean, nothing noticeable, right? So the G4 is... It sucks. It, it can't handle it. Man. It can't do it, no. So, uh, you know, my, my, my feeling is, well especially on my PowerBook, but really on none of my machines. I don't run a lot of games. And, of course, games, from what I understand, aren't going to run very well under Rosetta, uh, at least if they've got to do a lot of graphics. Right, because there's just, you know, how much how much horsepower is left. So and, it's a beefier uh, uh, graphic chip. It is. That'll help when they are re, re Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and the device drivers. You know, I'm worried about, you know, will I be able to use my scanner and starting to think through all that stuff. But... I just I, I haven't been able to convince myself to cancel the order, and I don't think I will. I I I, I think I'll get it. So, but that's good. It'll mean that I'll be living with with one of those machines uh, as soon as I get it, and it should I should get one of the the first round. So uh, we'll wind up talking a lot about that here on the uh, on the on the Geek Gab. So uh, yeah, so I'd say it's still safe. I mean, I'm looking at the Apple Store right now. You can yeah. still get, though I'm sure quantities are limited. <laughs> but I still see Power Mac G5 and iMac G5. Uh, mm -hmm. And Mac Mini listed, oh, so yeah. they're they're breaking it out. So I would say if there are apps that you use, like you know a lot of the creative yeah. professionals, if you use Adobe Creative Suite or the other things that have not yet been uh, optimized yeah. with a universal binary, then you're still okay getting a G5. Um, but down the road, of course, they're eventually going to drop the G5, and it's all going to be the uh, Intel. So so it's kind of a weird, you know, weird area to be in right now. It is, yeah. It definitely is. But hey, they got it out, and uh, it was so cool to see uh, the Intel uh, Big Cheese get up on stage there in the bunny suit with the uh, yeah, that's right. You know, the big wafer of chips, and uh... I got another question. It's sort of related here uh -huh. from our buddy Matt Holt. Okay, are we ready to go? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, Dave. Hey, John. Matt Holt from London here again. Um, I sent you in an audio comment a few months ago regarding Firewire, and I'm afraid I'm on the same tracks again today. You're probably aware that Firewire is slowly being dropped by Apple on their new on their new Macs, and it was dropped on the iPod in the last generation as well. With the switch to Intel, though, it's uh, bringing about some theories in my head that possibly it's got something to do with the Firewire uh, $1 a port fiasco that went on between Steve Jobs and Intel a while back. Obviously, Intel then went their own route, developed USB 2, etc. I'm sure you know the story, but I'm wondering if this new Intel switch has got something to do with it, whether that's the the reason that it's slowly being dropped and USB 2's taken over instead, something to do with those initial negotiations. So I just wondered if you uh, guys had a theory on it or an opinion, am I just going insane? So <laughs> anyway, thanks for the show, really enjoy it, can't wait for the next one, and... Uh, Good luck. I don't think they're dropping Firewire. I'm just going to come right out and say that. Obviously, I, th I think 
I think he's insane. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they have dropped. There are two things noticeably missing from the, uh, from especially from the MacBook Pro, and that is a FireWire 800 port is not there. Right. Uh, and right. a so modem. 800 never, never really caught on. I don't yeah. Know. I mean, it, some people use it, certainly, but but uh, but it, it didn't gain mainstream. Uh, it just didn't catch on, like you said. However, I, I doubt we'll ever see a Mac that doesn't have a FireWire 400 port. Remember, all of those DV cameras out there use FireWire 400, and uh, Apple would be damned if they were to say to all those people, <laughs> I can't plug it into a Mac anymore. I mean, that would be it, right? No, those aren't going away. Mm-hmm. So, And the, the stuff that I like to do with FireWire, what one is, uh, I've mentioned before, I'll mention it again, is I have an external FireWire enclosure, FireWire 400. Right, right. I love being able to bring that on the road and not have to worry about having yet another freaking power brick. Yeah to bring with me and also um i believe this is um well i don't know if target disk mode relies on that uh maybe it does maybe Uh, it doesn't because actually i was upgrading one of the uh, yeah i don't think you can do target disk mode from usb too no i don't believe so i think that's only a firewire only firewire Um, yeah but there's a dual g4 at work now i uh when i got it it was a number of years ago and i got it with two winners of uh media options a zip drive (laughs) <laughs> and a uh, DVD RAM drive. Yeah. Oops. So consequently, it doesn't have a DVD drive. So uh, installing things like Tiger um, <laughs> is very difficult unless you start up. So basically what I did is I brought my PowerBook in, put it up in target disk mode, um, put the Tiger DVD in, and the machine was... And uh, it's a dual G4 500 megahertz, and it was more than happy to acknowledge that a... Uh, it thought a DVD drive was there because it was. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I think they're going to maintain it. The the 800 stuff they may only do on premium machines like the desktop machines. Yeah, ma- yeah, no, that there could isn't be one on the new uh, iMac. Is there? I don't or believe is there. Uh, we can check the specs. But typically, the iMac is the is the lower tier. So maybe when they do come out with a, uh, well, I don't know what they're going to call it. What are they going to call it? What's that? What do you think they're going to call it? The well, the 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 new. Uh, uh, high-end desktop they can't call well, it power mac i bet it'll be well th- why not that the imac is the intel imac so i bet the power mac will be just power mac with an intel chip but, but, they just they want all the computers know. to have mac in the name that's that's i that i think that's the main impetus behind the uh the 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 the, the change in name on the on the laptops yeah i don't know i think they want to get the word power out of Oh yeah, that might be right. Oh yeah, so maybe it'll be. I'm yeah, that's a good point. Pro, You're... maybe the the Mac Pro. Oh, that's kind of boring. Yeah, what are they going to call it? I don't that's know. That's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. Hey, I bet you're right. If, yeah. If the if if you you know let, let's have a, a a contest. You know. Okay. We'll well we'll forget. I don't know. <laughs> but what do you what would you call? Yeah. The new Pro series of uh. The uh, desktop machines, the high-end machines. Yeah, and I'm going to guess the word "power" is not going to be in there. The I bet. Mac, I I'm, bet I'm gonna, you're right. Yeah, the Mac Intel Pro. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm, something like that. All right, what uh, else we got? Oh man, I think I think we got to be done. I mean, we're we're at the uh, we're at the are limit. We, here. Are we ready? Hey, I did oh, I did want to say something though. Uh, and you, I've talked to you about this, John. And I think I've talked about it on the podcast a little bit. Uh, the studio, the, the 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 soundproof studio, the mostly soundproof studio that I've been building above my office here, actually got mostly. Uh, well, yeah, it's I didn't need to Is soundproof. It soundproof or not soundproof? I I did uh, probably 
Well, I soundproofed it to the point where you can't hear it in my house or at my neighbor's house if I'm playing my drums upstairs. So really, that's it's all. like being almost pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's true, actually. Yeah, it's 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 a hundred percent or nothing. That's right. But, uh, <laughs> but it, I finally got the uh, the the final certificate of occupancy on it this week, hmm. which was very exciting. So I need to come up with a name for it. Uh, so I, I figure I would I would throw that out to uh, you, the listener, if anybody has any. Uh, any ideas for my little sanctuary upstairs so and i think next week i'll probably be podcasting from up there i think i'll have moved all the uh the station up there if you uh oh. if you will sanctuary i remember the, that from uh logan's run you ever watched that from what logan's run i don't remember logan's run oh wow i'll have to i'll have to let you borrow that yeah I, a, I, a good old cheesy sci-fi but cool Huh? I'll have to check it out. Uh, sanctuary. Oh, the band. Yeah, the band. Boy, they those poor guys. Yeah, they had three shows off. <laughs> they had yeah. to they had to go to the supermarket and uh and 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 get their lunch and dinner off the little sample plates, right? They weren't able to read. Actually, wasn't there a band that did that? <laughs> I think they called themselves the Samples. <laughs> uh, they did. That's how the Samples got their name. That's not this isn't the Samples that you're hearing. Yeah. But, uh, all right. So What do I see here next week? Question well, mark, I think I think mark. next week, and and I'll I'll make this. This will be one of those self fulfilling prophecies. We want to talk about iLife, and of course, my wife uses iPhoto a lot, uh, and she has oh, become okay. qu- quite an expert on it. So I figured instead of me gabbing with you about iPhoto, we'd bring Lisa in for a a, uh, a guest Ooh. appearance because the two of you could actually talk intelligently about it, whereas I would just you know mumble and well and drool. Maybe she could. I've used it a bit. I haven't used yeah. the whole thing, but I have used the iPhoto part, and there are some things I like and some I don't. So Cool. So we'll do some of that next week and probably finish up. We've got a whole lot more that we just simply didn't get to tonight. Uh, of course, I'd like to thank Cashfly for uh, hosting the podcast tonight. And uh, if you're interested in advertising on this, uh, this little thing here, you can uh, contact the Backbeat Media Podcast Network. iTunes comments, right? We love the and iTunes pod- comments. Podcast Alley. Vote, vote, vote. There you go. We want to know what you think. We do want to know what you think. And you know what? Other listeners, other potential listeners want to know what you think. So, very important. I think it's very important. All right, that's it. Here they come. Oh, hit the mixer level. Okay, so uh, audio comments. MacGeekGab at MacObserver.com. 206-666-GEEK. Geek. Show notes at uh, MacGeekGab.com or MacObserver.com slash podcast. Thanks, folks. Stay subscribed. I like my new mic setup. Huh? I like my new mic setup. Oh, yeah. You sound good tonight. I think you're loud enough.